going. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the latest episode of County Gordon Cinema. I am back again with Chris Single, and we're here to talk about two trips to the land of Oz. Uh, Wizard and your choice for this return. This is your your baby, this this pick this mm-hmm. week, Wizard of Oz and Return to Oz. So, Chris, why did you yeah, pick these? So they're they're you know give or take approximately 50 years apart um and they're so different in tone and style that i I really think that wizard of oz has such a nostalgia soft spot for everyone a lot of people view wizard of oz as up there as one of the most perfect movies period um so i think people can't look beyond that uh, and it's really hard to Return to Oz, when it came out, was made to be a direct sequel to Wizard of Oz, but it was so different than what people were used to that it really got a bad rap. Uh, And I don't find it that way. I find this as a really neat take on more Oz books down the line. Uh, And I think there are a lot of elements in there which are really charming uh, and a lot of elements which harken back to 1939. So I, you know, I know we usually talk about that in the end though, but uh, this was considered rotten and I don't think it's rotten. I just think it's, it's a different product than what we're used to. And we're looking at it through the lens of 39. When you look at it by itself, it's not so different than other films that came out during that time in the eighties. Well, yeah, I, I I'll agree with you there. Even right off the bat, we'll say it's like, I loved, like this is the first time that I've seen this movie and I, I really loved it. This would have been my jam growing up. Like this is like a scary kids movie. This is a scary fairy tale. And like, that's, that was my jam. So like, I really like, I really like the creepiness to it and, and everything about it. It, it, it felt cause I watched the, when I watch rewatch the Wizard of Oz for this one, I watched the 4K uh, UHD version of it, and I got lucky enough I have a 4K TV, so it's like full on resolution for it. And let me tell you, some of those makeups in the original Wizard of Oz are scary. Like, like it's it's really really good, and it's really like it's almost unnerving. The Scarecrow in particular, like the texture they got on his face, it's pretty unnerving, and the fact that it scarred the actors basically, like. We can talk about like how how the actors just in general were very mistreated on on the original Wizard of Oz, just yeah. as as basically like a as a rule. <laughs> yeah, poor Margaret Hamilton. Yeah, well, she yeah she got <laughs> she got burned and in, in, third degree yeah, burns. Yeah, and wearing toxic copper makeup and oh, yeah. and yeah. But, but yeah, yeah so, let's 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 give the quick rundown. Uh, we all know Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. If you are watching it is, this, it is I would bet the most seen movie ever. Seen. That's what the, that I've, what, from what I've read, it's the most seen movie ever. Every, pretty much yeah, everybody it, has seen this movie. It's played everywhere on TV. It's beloved in homes. It's been on, uh, you know, beta. It's been on uh, uh, VHS, DVD, Blu-ray. Probably was on so many other <laughs> formats. And so it just it, it's. It's timeless. It really is. And I won't doubt that. Despite the behind the scenes stories that some of them will get into, it is a timeless film. This is something that uh, the Library of Congress has deemed uh, uh, relevant. Uh, It was one of the first 25 films that they ever registered. Um, And so, you know, it's, it's, it's absolutely relevant. You know, who doesn't know phrases from Wizard of Oz? You know, I don't think I'm in Kansas anymore. There's no place like home. 
uh, or pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. All of that. It's all just Wizard popular lexicon now. It's all just stuff that, yeah. like, even if you, if you know, if you hadn't seen the Wizard of Oz yet, like some young, some of the younger generation, that like you know those sayings because those sayings are just they pop up in TV shows and movies just constantly because that's just the way it's per- persisted in the culture. So to humor those who maybe haven't seen it, <laughs> I'll give you the thirty-second version of what happens. Dorothy's a girl in Kansas. She has a dog. A tornado comes. Uh, Carrie, it does do damage to her house. Uh, but to her mind, she lands in Oz. Uh, and, and we'll talk about the transition there. There's something really great. But she lands in Oz, is introduced to the Munchkins and Glinda the Witch, as well as the Wicked Witch of the West. Uh, she accidentally killed the Wicked Witch of the East and is set on a journey by Glinda wearing ruby slippers to go to uh, the Emerald City to meet with the wizard who can help her get home. Along the way, she meets a scarecrow, a lively scarecrow, a tin man, and a cowardly lion. They become friends. They go to the Emerald City. The Wicked Witch of the West wants the shoes. The wizard says, okay, I'll send you home if you can kill the wizard or kill the witch. Or get her broom. It's get her broom. And they're they're like, oh, but that means we'll have to kill her. And it's like, well, get her broom. I'm not telling you to kill her, but you got to kill her. They go on a a quest uh, to the West. Uh, Dorothy gets captured by flying monkeys and the rest have to go in and save her. They manage to get in. She, in in escaping, accidentally wets the Wicked Witch. Wicked Witch melts. She gets the broom, goes back finds out that the wizard is a fraud, but by ma- by magic and the shoes, she's able to go home anyway. That's your plot. That's it. That's the entire film in a nutshell. But there's so much more to this film to look at. Um, so I, I want to get out of the way some of the technical aspects to this film, because some of these technical aspects are beautiful. So the film starts out in sepia tone. Uh, so it's kind of brownish. Some people say black and white, but uh, well, it's, it's black and white. Mono. That's that is then dyed sepia tone is what it was. The shot black and white, and you dyed it, you dye it into it into a sepia tone for that. And then right. it, that the another thing behind this movie is that there's basically four directors that that mm-hmm. that ran this movie. One of them being uh, the director of Gone with the Wind. And and the fact that he only lost the best he lost he was directed for both of these movies for that year for Academy Awards and he lost to himself for Gone with the Wind, which is yeah pretty crazy. <laughs> it's a pretty good pretty good resume. <laughs> yeah, but um, uh, the the tech one of the technical things I love is that um, once they transition from Kansas to um to Oz, the Munchkin yeah. Land and the Land of Oz. When she's inside her house, it's still sepia tone. The moment she opens the door, the colors that they have just all of a sudden appear. And it really becomes this metaphor for Dorothy. Dorothy is a kind of character, if you've ever been to Kansas, when she says, we're not in Kansas anymore, it didn't take an idiot to figure that out. Mm -hmm. There's nothing in Kansas. Trust me, I've been through it. Uh, So for her, though, she's been really restrained at home. You know, she's supposed to be this lovely young girl, and yet she's kind of a bit of a fighter, a little bit of a whiner at sometimes too. Well, I mean, her dog is a literal menace. I mean, she's like, oh, it only bit the neighbor and chased the cat like a bunch of times. Like, like it's like, come on, Dorothy, your dog is kind of a menace. You got to keep that thing in a, on a leash or something. But yeah, she <laughs> when she lands, she comes outside and just the bright colors. The This was one of the first films to really successfully use that Technicolor 
technology yeah. that they had it wasn't the first, but it's it exemplified. One of the biggest, it. yeah, 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 and it's beautiful. And it's it's interesting gorgeous. reading up on on why they chose the dress that they did. Like it because because of the one one of the behind the scenes, they were supposedly allegedly plying uh, Judy Garland with amphetamines and barbiturates to try and to try and uh, keep her weight down because she was 17 at the time playing what was supposed to be a prepubescent girl, which we get to in Return to Oz. Supposed to be a sequel, but it's very clearly like seems like we're going back in time because of because of the the younger main character. But they picked the the blue gingham dress because it gives and looking at it again, this weird distorted effect to the dress. And they thought that would make her look thinner. And it's just it's interesting to see what like old all the tricks old Hollywood did, plying her full of drugs and tobacco, and it's like, oh, you got to do this and do that to to be thin and stuff like that. Like, man, yeah, this was not an easy film to work on. Um, the makeup you talk about the makeup, and I include this in the technical aspects of it. The makeup of this film is absolutely fabulous, and the images of what you think of when you think of the Wizard of Oz come from this film. Um, I'm a huge fan of the books. I've read the original books that, that Baum wrote. Um, and the images that they describe in here kind of are there. Like the yellow brick road is there and the Emerald City to an extent is, is as you would imagine it. Um, but the characters actually visually are different than in the book. In the book, the Wicked Witch, first of all, the Wicked Witch is hardly actually a thing in the book. She really isn't. And the look she has overall is very different from what we have. The image that we have now of what a witch is with the tall black hat and the green nose, that's Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz did that for us. And that, again, this this film is kind of this, this opus of pop culture goodness. It really is. Like, you look to something, Wizard of Oz encouraged it. And the makeup that they chose was, was very thick-type makeup, but not so much that you on the camera would go oh it's just it looks one of the like earliest the one of the earliest applications of foam latex like like it's right. it's it is something that is used pretty much like every day in every in every prop department nowadays it's, it's really easy to use foam latex stuff watch face off if you never have they freaking do that in like an, in, in like two days and they make shit shit ton stuff but like back then it was so new and so basically caustic that like yeah like tell you about it it gave scars on the scarecrow and the original tin man had an allergic reaction to the original aluminum paint and had Poor to be replaced buddy Epson. buddy Epson, i've seen the screen test of him dancing as the tin man mm -hmm. buddy Epson would have been beautiful as the tin man absolutely fabulous but he had an allergic reaction to the silver uh, in the, the silver powder that they used for the Tin Man, uh, and it put him into the hospital, like serious mm -hmm. ICU stuff. Uh, and so he was replaced by Ray Bulger? Yeah, Ray Bulger, yeah. Yeah, Ray Bulger. Um, and, and that's another thing, is that the casting in this film is perfect. Oh, no, sorry, Jackie, even, Jack Haley. Ray Bulger oh, is Jack a scarecrow. Yeah. I always flip the two. Yeah. <laughs> um, even Dorothy, when you think about it, even Judy Garland, She's perfect in this. She mm -hmm. does. She has an innocence. Other than being a little bit older, she's got that innocence, that that wide-eyed doe look that you need from Dorothy. You know, Tin Man seems clueless, but has a good heart. Uh, or not Tin Man, uh, Flip. Again, Scarecrow. Uh, Scarecrow's you know, is clueless, yeah, because he doesn't have a brain. But yeah. has a good heart. Yeah. Tin Man has a good brain on him, but 
uh, he's he's longing for more. And then cowardly lion, he's he's dying to to, to be stronger, and yet he's cowardly. And he, he, but they're there. The traits that they show are are amazing in each of these characters. I love it. Margaret Hamilton has a great just tackle. The Wicked Witch of the West is marked up there with um, Hannibal Lecter and uh, Darth Vader as the most iconic villains in film history. Well, they cut out a bunch of her stuff because apparently she was too scary. Like, they she said that she was too scary. scary. And I was like, I can see that. Like, that, that yeah, she scared me when I was young. Well, to this day, I, I, I remember seeing the Wicked Witch when I was younger, and she's scary. Mm-hmm. She is very scary, and she's supposed to be that way, you know. And then that music that they have, the... pop culture. I... I, I use that to describe my former mother-in-law. Um, <laughs> I'm glad my wife doesn't watch these. Ah, uh, anyway, no. Um, the the thing is, like, it, it all builds into that character, and everyone in this film is cast right. In fact, most of the adults are double cast, which mm-hmm. is a tradition that we will see follow into um, into Return to Oz. So Margaret Hamilton also plays Elmira Gulch, mm-hmm. uh, who is kind of the um, of the town busy body. Well, she owns yeah, a lot of the them. town too, apparently. She owns, yeah, yeah. She owns a lot of the town and the bank. And anyway, uh, she wants Toto in the beginning and she rides a bicycle, uh, even to the point that when she, when Dorothy's in the tornado, she sees outside Elmira riding her bicycle and it transforms into the wicked witch. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in a really, really cool. for, for 19, for 1939 in a really great, like that's a really great special effects scene. Like a lot of the special effects in this movie and even in return to Oz, when we get to it, I think really are great for the time. Yep. Yeah, uh, the, the, the three, uh, farm hands on her, mm-hmm. on her, uh, branch or her, or farm are also the Tin Man, the uh, Scarecrow, and the and uh, uh, Lion—they mm-hmm. are all the same. Uh, and then the Wizard is also um, the oh, what is his name, Mister Mister Marvel, Marvel Professor Marvel. Marvel. Yeah, Professor oh, Marvel. I, can't yeah. I didn't write it down by notes his specific name, but he she meets him early on is when really she runs away. away. Yeah. Yeah, she's running away and she's gonna hang with him and go with him, and he's totally cool with it. But then a tor- she, Dorothy no, she sees a he, tornado. He he convinces her to go back. Like rewatching this again, right? Like watching it, he's like, "Oh no, you're you have an aunt at home, right?" And she's like, "Yeah," and he's like, "Oh, she's she's sick and she's worried, so you have to get back." So he basically he's like, "You can come with me if you want, but you know it'd be better if you go home, right?" So he's like, he's he is sending her home, and and it's like I thought that and was then a the neat weather thing. starts to pick up, yeah, which. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so most of, most of the adults are double cast in this film. Um, and then we meet Glinda, Glinda the good, who comes in riding in a bubble. I hate Glinda so much. <laughs> I know, she's irritated. Big old poofy dress. It's like, oh, here, here, just take these shoes that this witch wants and just go, you know, walk across Oz, because you can do it. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> she's an amalgamation of two characters in the original book, so she's mm. kind of a unique creation to to the wizard of Oz in her own right. Um, yeah. So casting works in here. Uh, the, the technical parts, uh, or, you know, what? real quick on casting too, the munchkins. It's a little thing. Pardon the terrible pun. Oh, Jesus Christ, Chris. <laughs> I didn't do it on purpose. It's the alcohol. Um, no, the, the, they, the entire town of munchkins are all 
uh, little people actors. Are they all, all little people? I thought there was children in there too. It looked like there was children. They in are there. little people children too. Okay. They, I, okay. I, I, that's what I asked. Okay. I was curious about that. But yeah, they are all little people. Mm -hmm. And um, there are stories offset where the munchkins were often drunk and there were there were problems with the munchkins and they had a munchkin wrangler that had to come <laughs> together. But Jesus. when you get them on, let's face it, when you get them in the, in the munchkin scene, mm -hmm. It's just so engrossing, and they're all having fun and enjoying it, and it, you know, are grateful to Dorothy for for killing the Witch of the East, and so it's all there. So the Lollipop Guild—they're the mafia of the of the Munchkins, right? <laughs> like, like that's that that's what they are. That's I mean, like the way they like saunter up and they're like they're like shibbying, like they, they're like nineteen forties <laughs> gangsters. <laughs> we represent. It's like yeah, you know, you're you're mobsters. You're the mobsters of the Munchkin land. Yeah. <laughs> that's beautiful. Um, I, I I'm not gonna skirt around this because let's face it, I think they're hatched in eggs. It. I thought this was weird. So Munchkins are hatched in eggs apparently, or they sleep in broken open eggs. I'm not sure which which. Yeah. That's a little weird. <laughs> the best part of this film is possibly it's most timeless, and that's the music. The music, by far, is the thing that you will always remember because how I forgot how much of how it there was. How many of us have have been sang to sleep by "Somewhere Over the Rainbow"? Somewhere over the rainbow, and it was almost cut. I know, yeah. Somewhere of the Rainbow is uh, um, noted as, again, there's a lot of best from this movie. Uh, Somewhere of the Rainbow is listed as the best movie song of all time. That's the Continue. AFI one, right? AFI Top bar 100. None. Yeah. yeah, Bar yeah. None, Cross the Board, it's Somewhere Over the Rainbow. I love, I do a karaoke rendition. I love mm -hmm. this song. This song is just hopeful and beautiful, and Judy Garland uses every ounce of, of vocal talent she has to make you feel the loneliness and the hopefulness that she has. And and it happens right towards the beginning of the film. Yeah, it's right the first, like, five minutes, five, ten minutes. It's right away. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's just a, 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 a beautiful song. And then all the rest of the songs, I, I still remember them well, and too. And they use the, the over-the-rainbow refrain, in parts throughout the movie constantly they when you're in oz they'll play like a slower version of it underneath underneath the main themes and it's it's i really like the callbacks to it but yeah, yeah all the rest of the music too yeah like the, like where the movie starts to shine for me is when she starts meeting the scarecrow and and the tin man and the lion and just their songs i love the the fact that each of them have the same kate like it's the same like uh, cadence or how I don't know how the proper song terminology for it right but like if they, I only had a yeah if I only had it something right and but they have their yeah. own special version of it in, in, in bits and pieces when they're when they're introduced and I just it's really like we mentioned earlier the makeup while horrible is great is 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 amazing in it and I would love, the, love to be the, oiled with the, chocolate syrup because <laughs> it was the chocolate syrup. <laughs> it was. Yeah. The commentary too in just that idea. I know it's from the books, but the commentary involved in that idea that some people don't have brains, some people don't have a heart, some people don't have courage. There's an awful lot of commentary, especially when you consider that we've we've been going through the Great Depression. We are almost ready to go into World War II. We're two years away from that. Imagine the commentary that's being said at that point on a, on a national worldwide scale in this harmless 
family film. Well, I want to bring that up a little bit too because one thing I did notice, and again, this is probably just a sign of the times, is that they code the lion very much as as either gay or cowardly because he might be a homosexual. Like it's it's like he talks about not being a dandy, and it's just the way they treat courage in the movie seems to be against homosexuality. And like I said, it it could just be a, a read into the movie with with these eyes from from this century, you, but I'm gonna agree with you to a certain extent. When you consider too after he gets his makeover in Oz, you see all the yep. ribbons and the curls that he gets. And he got I a permanent go for it. Yeah. I would go with you on that, except when I think back to even like eighteenth or seventeenth century England, that whole look was very common for men to wear. So I, I I could see it, but I don't try and read too much into yeah. it, but I could definitely agree it, it's with It's just something that stuck argument. out to me now, and it just maybe yeah. because everybody is talking about it nowadays, right? Like looking back at, at previous films and seeing like, did they, were they trying to say something that just that slipped through or something like that, right? And it might not be the best way to look at things, but it just, it popped out to me a little bit. And I just thought it yeah. was, I just thought it was interesting and worth mentioning at least. But, no, no, um, and I, I understand. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, and it's it's just this this film flows so well. Yes. It really does. It doesn't feel slow. No. It doesn't feel purposeless. Everything about this is like when you want to show your kids a film, this is probably one of the first you would consider to show them as a family. I I, I have a hard time saying a lot of things about this film because how good it is. We will mm-hmm. go all night if we just talk about all the things we love about this film because there is it it is darn near a perfect film. It really is. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, made in, you know, being in 1939, I am so amazed what they put out and the scale we're talking here. You know, now granted, again, some of the post-production or, or the, uh, the behind the scenes stuff is real sketchy. Well, Mark, <laughs> I want to bring up now. one more thing because we're right at kind of at the, uh, where, where we are in the movie anyway. So when they get out of the forest, when they're all together, <laughs> the wicked witch, like sends them poppies to like kind of lull them to sleep. And the fact that like they were plying the actors with drugs and then gave them basically opium, gave the, gave the characters in the story basically opium to fall asleep. People in the thirties knew what poppies and knew what opium were and kind of did. So I think that was kind of a a good, like a, a weird kind of like, like connection and then the fact that the snow was asbestos like looking that up and being like holy shit so much cancer so much cancer (laughs) no no reported cases from all of that but still nonetheless (laughs) um yeah there was even a uh an urban myth which has been now proven wrong but for years persisted and it wasn't yes it's the munchkin and not until vhs did this to get discovered Mm -hmm. it was believed during the end of the scarecrow sequence or no tin man end of the tin man sequence that in the back of the woods you would see an image of something something hanging something moves real fast and it's dangles and now this wasn't discovered until the advent of vhs when people could pause and rewind and people thought this was a munchkin that hung himself behind the scenes that they missed it now what has happened since is thanks to 4k and high definition and all of this when you pause it you can clearly see that it's actually 
uh, a small ostrich. It's a bird. Yeah. Or a bird, basically. Yeah. Uh, could have been a peacock, but they, they said ostrich. They, I, they I basically let loose a shit ton of birds in the studio so that they could have birds flying around the, the set. Yeah. It's like, man, like all the drugs that everybody was on on this set. Like, this is a great idea. <laughs> yeah, but that's been a long urban myth about that yeah. film. Is, is I think that that's part. also interesting because that brings up another thing where it's like, I noticed coming into Oz, like, Maybe it's because, like, if they were going for storybook, more storybook look, the matte paintings work better. But, like, the tracking shot into Oz, it, matte paintings don't work if you if you track around it and you kind of lose the, the perspective that you painted it at. And I thought it looked, for a lot of it, it unfortunately looked like they were filming on a set. Like, I could, again, maybe that's the unfortunate thing of watching it in 4K. Because, like... On a VHS, on a CRT TV growing up, when I watched it, that probably blended into the background a lot better. That's like how video game pixel art blended together to create smoother, kind of softer lines. And when you blow it up on a on a high-def TV nowadays, it, you get these square, jagged lines. It's like, that's not exactly what it looked like with the technology that we grew up with. So it's like, maybe watching it in super high-def is actually kind of a slight detriment. Like, like who knows? Like, that could be it. Yeah, I, I suppose. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, um, one of the other things, too, that bothered me, which PETA would throw a fit today, <laughs> is the horse of many colors. Oh. <laughs> so the horse of many colors in Oz is a horse that changes colors as it goes along, and every time the shot changes, the horse is a different color. The way they accomplish this is rerunning the scene over and over and over again uh, in, in filming, but they would cover it basically with Kool-Aid. Jello. Yeah, I, I Jello. Read Jello. Jello, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Colored, yeah. I, I guarantee you, PETA would not. Well, like I mean, like, that. how about the lion costume? The lion costume was like an the actual lion. lion. It was like looking at that and what, like looking at the costume, I'm like, wow, that's a, yeah, who, that's a weird, great costume. Like, it's super, like, kind of weird. <laughs> There's a thing about the lion's costume, which always bugged me as a kid because I noticed it <laughs> and I get it. 1939, I remember that, but when he's singing if i were the king of the forest yeah when you watch his tail you clearly see the wire running behind him back and forth as his tail's running mm -hmm. it's a little thing but i noticed it as a kid it kind of takes you out a yeah. little bit yeah well, but the, again yeah. 1939 we have to put yeah. really that in but i think visually the thing that probably scared kids the most besides the witch was the wizard mhm mm the wizard effect, so good. I mean, this kind of disembodied giant green head and is kind of translucent, kind of not, and fires going everywhere. And mind you, Bellowing. this is not done in miniature. That This kind of thing would have been done in a bigger set. The head-on of the wizard would have been done, you know, small special mm -hmm. effects that way. But all that fire, all that flame and stuff, all that was going on right there in front of the actors. I mean, imagine being there during that time. How scary that is. And then being a kid and watching that. Was that scary for you when you were a kid? Um, I honestly couldn't. The problem with asking me if anything was scary as a kid is what some of my introductions to film include like Cujo. So like like I, I've been I've been fucked from the beginning. So like <laughs> <laughs> like scary to me is like 
Final Destination Three stopped me from going on roller coasters for for like five uh, years, but that's that's about it. Like, I, it takes a quite a bit to scare. I was fascinated. I could definitely say I was fascinated by it, but I don't know if I could I could say that I was scared for sure. Yeah, I can but, see why um, it'd be scary though, definitely. So the Wicked Witch basically throws an ultimatum: give me Dorothy, I want Dorothy, you know, or else, kind of thing. Um, so that's, you know, when it's determined by the wizard, you know, <laughs> gotta kill, kill the witch. So, uh, they go off into the woods and this is hilarious to me. Cause I, again, another thing I never noticed, they go into the woods and Tin Man's got his axe. <laughs> uh, I believe, uh, oh gosh. Uh, this lion's carrying poison. Is it poison? You think they gave him poison? Maybe. I think it's poison, but the one thing I never noticed as a kid is that the scarecrow's carrying a gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They gave, yeah, yeah. Scarecrow's got a gun. I'm like, whoa, wait a second. How did I miss this when I was a kid? Uh, and they fail. You know, Dorothy gets captured, and they've got to sneak in, and um, they disguise themselves as as winky soldiers. You know, the oh we oh we oh. You know, they disguise themselves and get in, and. Uh, managed to free Dorothy, and then comes the escape. They try to escape from everything, and um, once again, the, the witch, she she likes to tease the scarecrow a lot. I gotta say, how about a little fire, scarecrow? <laughs> she lights her brooms on fire from a, a lantern uh, when she's got them all cornered, and she's gonna set the scarecrow on fire first. And Dorothy trying to protect her friend is, no! And she grabs a bucket of water Just and sitting goes to there. put out yeah, she goes to put out the, the, the fire, but she hits Margaret Hamilton, and that's the, you know, I melted, melted, oh, what a world, what a world, uh, and she melts right then and there, and then the Winkies, let me tell you, if I had an army, I would not want the Winky army, because the Winkies oh, turn like that, <laughs> they the Winkies are like, you killed the Wicked Witch of the West, oh, hail Dorothy! <laughs> You, you traitor sons, sons That's like of like the God. munchkins. The munchkins. Oh, you killed the Wicked Witch of the East? Oh, yeah. I'll hail Dorothy. <laughs> <laughs> so she takes it back to the wizard. And the wizard says, would basically says, come back next week. Yeah. <laughs> come back next week. No, we want it now. And then Toto gets over to near the curtain and starts to pull it aside. And we get the pay no attention to the man behind the gun. <laughs> And we find out that the wizard is actually a man all uh, from uh, Nebraska, a Kansas. So he's from he's Kansas all, too. He's from Kansas. He, Kansas he says too? he says yeah. he's a Kansas he's man. A I, I, one of my favorite like line reads probably in all of cinema is when he's when he's uh, when he's uh, revealed and he's like, "I am the great and powerful." Like he backs away, like he just the way he backs away and the, the way his voice like like deflates He's, and stuff like it's has, like oh. Uh, he also has the most roles in this film because he plays the wizard, he plays the professor, he plays the doorman, he plays the, the, the driver. horse yeah. carriage driver, uh, he plays the doorman's doorman on the inside. <laughs> like yeah. this guy's everywhere, uh, and he's he's working it. Uh, he is working. What is his name? I need to give him his credit. name is Frank Morgan. Frank Morgan. Thank mm -hmm. you, Frank Morgan, for being awesome. Second build under under uh, Judy Garland, and he well it, it shows. Yeah, yeah, he puts his effort into it. But um, then uh, she basically he says, "I'm a fraud," uh, but you know what? I'll give your friends gifts anyway, and I'll see what I can do. Uh, and so he says, "Listen, I've got a balloon. 
I'll take you home. We'll go in the balloon. We'll go home. I, I call bullshit, but whatever. <laughs> so he gives he gives uh, the scarecrow brains, but what we realize the scarecrow already had brains. He just didn't have well, the belief. Throughout in the whole movie, they just per- like and then this is the thing. Watching it again when you're like when you're older and you're like actually able to like appreciate movies for more than just like this is an entertain like a piece of entertainment right it's like they proved the entire movie that they each had what they were they were wanting is they never believed in themselves that's that was the one thing they just never had any validation basically they, <laughs> although i'll tell you uh to consider how overall uneducated most people were in 1939 there's a point the, the wizard gives Scarecrow his brains, which is a diploma, and the Scarecrow begins to quote Pythagorean's theorem, but he quotes it wrong. And as a math geek as a kid, I was like, what? And then I watched The Simpsons, and The Simpsons made fun of it. Yeah. I absolutely loved that. <laughs> so... Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's just it's a little thing, but it's hilarious in that. Uh, but yeah, it really is this realization that they already had these elements inside of them. They just needed to believe in themselves, and I like that. I lo- love that. And it's the same thing with Dorothy. Yeah. Dorothy needed to believe in herself. Uh, except, <laughs> wait a second. Dorothy still needs freaking magic to get home. <laughs> Dorothy, yeah, Dorothy, in pops uh, what happens Glinda. the wizard, yeah, by Glinda, Glinda comes in, she's like, you had the ability all the time, which again, hitting that metaphor that <laughs> we have it within ourselves, but then why did you make the ruby slippers such a big deal? <laughs> but yeah, she clicks her heels three times and says, there's no place like home, she'll go home, which she does. And then the film ends, you know, and then the, the, the famous, and you were there, and you were there, and you were there. Um, but it's her realization that she she was always home in her heart, mm-hmm. and and that's what it was all about. And again, this overall thing, it, it it vaguely resembles the book. I'll say that it does. It vaguely resembles the book, but it's so charming, and it's so memorable, and it's just it's got so much allure to it that I can't knock it. Besides, it's behind the scenes stuff. The product they give us on film. It's classic. It's one of the, I think it's one of the best adaptations, like what an ad, what a proper adaptation can do, right? Like it is, like I said, we, like we're talking about the original stories are more of the actual like grim fairy tale, like Brothers Grim fairy tale. Like there's there's stakes and there's and we'll see that in in a couple of minutes here. There's stakes and there's scariness and there's there's like loss and there's stuff like that. Where whereas this one is more more of a like more of a Disney movie. Like this is this is this fits kind of and we'll again it's and, weird and that the, Disney the made thing, Return to Oz. <laughs> the thing with Dorothy is that she's not like the chosen one. Mm-hmm. It's not like she's got this destiny. I just want to get home. Yeah. That's all she's trying to do the entire way. She didn't go out to kill the wicked witches. She didn't. That wasn't what she was there. She was not there to save save Oz or the Munchkins or the Wink. She wasn't there to do that. This is just a girl trying to find her way. Yeah. And I think that's something that, in a way, we're going to see a little bit of in in this next film, too, Mm -hmm. is this idea of it's not about Dorothy, the chosen one, but everyone else treats her that way. All the villains Mm -hmm. are like, no, we got to stop you. And there are other simpler ways we could deal with Dorothy. Um, But, yeah, it's, it's charming. It's beautiful. It deserves to be as high uh as it as it is in in the lexicon of pop culture mm-hmm. absolutely 100 yeah. percent. um but that leads us to return 
Return to Oz. So Return to Oz was filmed almost 50 years later. Almost 50 years. Crazy. Uh, 1985. So while The Wizard of Oz, for the most part, though, it has its scary moments with the Wicked Witch and... and uh, uh, the and monkeys, the wizard, yeah. it's a, and the monkeys. It's it's not the most scariest thing in the world. It's very G rated. It's yeah. very family friendly. This film <laughs> tries to go in a completely different direction with it, and really embraces the strangeness and darkness of the written material. Mm-hmm. So, to put this in perspective, this was done by Walt Disney. Not by MGM. MGM did the original. Walt Disney did this. Although they did pay a very large sum to use the ruby slippers. Mm-hmm. Not the actual ones, but the idea of the ruby slippers. Because uh, that was an MGM creation. Yeah. Um, this film is very, very, very dark. So, 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 so dark. But it's so light uh, at the same time. It's it's all, like, you'd almost say it, it's got a tone problem. But I, I don't know. I think it rides the line perfectly for me. It really okay. So this one I have to give plot to a lot of plot. Yes, <laughs> it, we'll we'll, we'll go through this one because this one. So it t- it takes place right after it right after Dorothy's return. They're rebuilding their home after the tornado, um, and Dorothy is with Toto, of course, and her chicken Belina. She has a chicken. <laughs> na- nope, that's cool. You got a chicken named Belina. That's cool. Right. So she's with the chicken. And um, she keeps talking about Oz and her trip to Oz and the friends she meets. And Annie M and 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 her uncle are uh, freaking out a little bit. So the dis- Annie M decides to take her into the town to a doctor uh, to talk to the doctor. But we find out that this doctor is a ter- and, and this is this is interesting. The doctor the the, the movie takes place in 1899, the turn of the 20th century. That kind of plays an interesting turn here because this is also a turn in tone. This is not the the light, happy Wizard of Oz that we knew. Yeah. This is a change for the world. The world is a darker place. The stories and everything we see were not as, as nice and frilly as we thought they were. And so I really like that they make an emphasis in here on this turn to the 20th century and the film is really that turn as well. It is done around the same time that films like Labyrinth, The Dark Crystal, these very dark fantasy films are being done. And it follows in that same exact oh, yeah. tone. In fact, most of the effects in the film are done by Henson Productions. No way. Okay, that makes a lot yes, of sense. it's Henson yeah. Productions. Yeah. In fact, uh, Jack... Uh, or Jack uh, uh, the pumpkin head. Jack Skellington, you mean? <laughs> Jack the pumpkin head is Brian Henson. Oh shit! It is Brian Henson. Oh wow! He's a puppeteer for that, Mom? and the the voice. <laughs> Mom? Mom? Yeah, we'll, um, we'll get to that. So they they send her to this doctor's place where we meet the doctor and the nurse, uh, and the orderly. Now these three characters follow the same lines that. The wizard and uh, Elmira Gulch did, and that that they're they multicast. Yeah. So in this in this film, uh, the visuals and the audio are even better. I argue this yeah. is not a musical. This no. is not a musical. Is um, there not one song? There's not one song in this, is there? I didn't I didn't think there was. Yeah, I didn't think so, I heard a single one. So we're introduced to. I, I'm going to start with the orderly, since when we get to Oz, 
The order, yeah. So the orderly ru- wheels around a very creaky mm-hmm. uh, 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 bed. Yeah. It's a wheeled bed that they use to transport Structure, patients. Yeah, yeah. And it's that sound is grinding wheels, and it just—it's very distinct to Dorothy, who pays attention to that. She hears that. Um. Eventually, uh, uh, we okay. We meet the nurse, who is also kind of the the head mistress of the area. She's not yeah. the doctor, but she's, she's kind of nurse Ratchet. Everything. Yeah, she's nurse. Yeah, boy. Is she. I was gonna say this is um, like clearly, clearly Walter Murch watched one flew over the cuckoo's nest and it's like Wizard of Oz. <laughs> um, her and the doctor have a plan to use electricity to the temple to get rid of these errant, errant. Uh, uh, the electrical dreams. pulses yeah, that he yeah. the dreams so that way she'll be normal basically you gonna fry her brain is what you're gonna do mm-hmm. um so she gets a little bit of sleep but she's scared because she keeps hearing the, the wheels <laughs> of, the, of the orderly and people like uh, screaming yeah, <laughs> this movie's screaming. fucked up <laughs> so she's trapped to a gurney and is pulled into the room it's put on her head but then lightning hits the building and the power goes out oh that's the other thing too the uh, machine looks like a face. It the, looks like the doctor. The doctor like is is trying to explain to her why she shouldn't be scared of getting her brain fried with electricity by like showing her that this machine has got eyes. It's got a nose. It's got a mouth. It's got a little tongue that he moves back and forth. It plays into Ooh. her going to Oz so beautifully yeah. in this. Uh, the power goes out, uh, and they go to figure out what happens. And a little girl comes in and tries to save her. Now, we don't know who this little girl is, but she pulls her out and they manage to escape from from the hospital. But then the doctor and everyone figure it out and they go chasing after her. They make it down to the river and she falls and stumbles into the river by herself. And she's hanging on to a a chicken chicken coop, coop, which happens, just so happens to have her chicken Bellina in it. Yeah. But uh, she knocks her head, and when she wakes up, she's inside the chicken coop, and it's over the desert of dis- despair or um, death. death. The desert of death, I, I desert do believe. Of death. Yeah. yeah. But what's, um, what's crazy is that, well, we talk about later when she when we get to the uh, Gnome King thing, too, but Feruzabalk did all her own stunts for this movie, too. Like, if we want to talk about another, like, another, like weird... Uh, child endangerment probably shouldn't have happened type of thing on set. Like, like having a kid do some of these stunts, like in the river and, and the fall that she does in the, in the mountain later on in the movie, it's like, those are some pretty intense stunts to have to well, have kids do. This desert is really cool because mm-hmm. if you touch the floor of this desert, you will turn to sand and die. So is this where the floor is lava came from? Probably. Like, is this where uh, that game so came has, from? <laughs> she has to hop across rocks to escape with Belina and she does. Uh, and she makes her way back towards. Belina can talk. Cabin. Don't forget, oh. this is very important now. We are in Oz, and now the chicken talks. <laughs> and I was because like, remember, animals in Oz can talk. I I was like, I don't know about this. Like, I don't know whether they're talking chicken. And then it's like, okay, this chicken is hilarious. It can talk all at yeah. once. <laughs> um, and and here's the thing. Throughout this whole thing, we we're introduced right at the, as she's hopping along rocks. There's a rock that has a face on it, but she doesn't notice. Really that. cool effects. I love the rock there, effects. It's it's claymation, yeah. but it's done really well. Uh, and he goes back, and we hear the voice of the gnome king. 
Uh, and and she says, you know, Dorothy Gale's Dorothy Gale, and she's with a chicken. A, a chicken. chicken! <laughs> the whole movie, they make this big deal about uh. a chicken. No idea until the end why. <laughs> what's up with chicken? So, um, she makes it to Munchkin Land and finds out everything is grown over and destroyed. Mm-hmm. The Yellow Brick Road is destroyed. Yeah. Yep, and she can't figure it out. So she runs and follows the yellow brick road, what's left of it, to Oz. Uh, but again, the rocks report, you know, she's following, and they say, you know, she won't get past Mombi. Uh, the rock says that yeah. uh, to, to the Gnome King. Uh, so they get back to Oz, and Oz is destroyed. All the emeralds have been taken away. It's no longer the Emerald City. It's the ruins of its former self. The people have been medusa People have been turned to stone, and this there's a series of like nine statues in a circle mm-hmm. with no heads. And she's like, "What's Shit. going on here?" <laughs> it is creepy. And then, in the middle of everything, you start to hear. <laughs> you hear the creaks of those wheels that she was listening to in there, oh, and then okay. we're introduced to one of the scariest Ew. features in this film. The wheelers. God, those things the are fucked up. Are played by the same guy who plays the orderly, and their wheels make the exact same sound that Shit. the gurney does. Like it's perfect, and the design of these guys are awesome. Oh. They their hands are attached to a front wheel, and their back to their two legs are are wheels too, and that's how they get around. That's why they're called the wheelers. But they have this hat. That when they put their head down, it looks like a really scary, like golem thing. Reminds me of like Majora's Mask or something, like, yeah. like something from Zelda. And it yeah, freaks yeah. out Dorothy. She, she it freaks her out. Mm-hmm. Um, she now oh, oh I forgot she uh, in uh, what got her started in the thinking of Oz again is she found a key in Kansas that said Oz on it. Yeah. And she had this key. And she wouldn't uh, stop. That's why her aunt said, yeah. like, she's like, this is Oz. This is Oz. See, they're real. And then the aunt's like, okay, we got to shock your brain now. So, and then that's what starts the movie. So, <laughs> the, the wheelers managed to pin her against a wall, and they're going to get her. And she sees a keyhole in this wood, this stone wall. She puts the key in and goes inside and is introduced to TikTok, a new character. TikTok is a former soldier <laughs> of Oz, but he is entirely mechanical. But in order to make him run, he's not alive. He is a he is a robot. <laughs> he makes that perfectly clear, and he makes it very happy. Like I love how happy he is. Like I've never been alive, and I love it because I never have yeah. to die. It's like, man, I love this guy. So for him to work, you have to turn three keys separately. One controls his thought. One controls his movement. And one controls his is it his speech? I think it's his talking. Yeah, yeah. It's talking. Yeah. Uh, so what happens though is either his his brain or his movement wear out first, which again that commentary that we get uh, exists here. There is a point where she says, you know, sometimes people talk without using their brains. You know, and I'm like, oh, I love what you did there. Good job. Uh, but she winds them all up, and he'll agree, he agrees to protect her, and he's very friendly. And we was left uh, by the king of Oz, the new king of Oz, the scarecrow. scarecrow. I was like, oh, scarecrow. really? Wow. <laughs> but we find out that the scarecrow was taken. Uh, oh, that's the other thing. She found a stone stone statues of the lion and the tin man. Yes. Uh, by that the way, in this look, movie, tin that... man. 
don't look like the original. Don't look like the thirty-nine versions, but they can't because of uh, because of copyright. But they look almost exactly like the original illustrations from the original Bond things, which are cool. Uh, once by the end of the film, when when Tin Man works, it's Deep Roy. Oh, really? Tin Man is Deep Roy. I oh, didn't know shit. that. I thought that was a little thing. That was cool. Uh, but yeah. Uh, anyway, so oh, wow. they they. They head over to these towers uh, where Mombi is because they hear that Mombi might have some information for them. <laughs> it's interesting. So they meet Mombi, and she's this beautiful woman who's playing a, a, a harp or, or what was it? No, it's a, a sitar or no. Anyway, the mandolin. That's what it is. It's a mandolin. <laughs> musical instrument. She's playing it, and she realizes who Dorothy is. You're Dorothy Gale. Oh. Oh. Hmm. Uh, and she takes Dorothy into this hallway, and we see a roll of heads. There are heads of women, beautiful women. And Mombi basically takes off her head, places it on a pedestal, and then we'll take another one, same as we would replace a hat or a wig. Mm-hmm. Whoa. And it's, it's freaky, let me tell you. Um, she chains Dorothy up because in the tower. Well, it doesn't chain her, but locks her up in the tower. Uh, because she says she's beautiful and will grow up to be a, she's not what did she say she's not beautiful but she's cute mm. i think it's one well, that's i think that's a co- that was a commentary on judy garland maybe because reading up on on the history of of just judy is the fact that she had lots of image issues in the studio system because they felt she wasn't womanly yeah. enough she was too cute she wasn't like the the starlet that they wanted which is that's interesting yeah yeah but uh she locks her up in there uh, t- uh unfortunately uh, uh tiktok runs out of movement he's not able to move anymore so he's stuck in her kind of throne room uh and she's trapped up there with belina uh and they realize that um Excuse me. There's a, 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 a pumpkin head. That's another thing. She was given a pumpkin by this little girl when she first arrived in the room. It's just a little jack-o'-lantern. Mm-hmm. And she put it in her room. That, you know, again, becomes something else later. It becomes Jack the pumpkin head. Uh, he was brought to life by Mombi years ago, but was locked up there. Um, and so he tells her that Mombi, along with her original head has something called the powder of life, which could bring anything to life. Cool. So they're looking around, and there's all these, uh, this furniture and antiques and stuff, and then the head of what's called a gum. <laughs> and so they create this creature and tie oh it to it in the bed. And it's my they, favorite thing. This is might be my favorite thing in any movie ever, is the, the gump. gump. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> Just... So she goes, the, the willingness of this thing to just die. Like, it just wants to die. <laughs> it's like, I don't, I, I shouldn't be alive. I shouldn't exist. Can I please, like, stop existing now? <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it goes down. Uh, Dorothy goes down, sneaks downstairs, steals the key to the cabinet, steals the, the powder, but wakes up all the heads. And this, again, is another really scary moment mm-hmm. for kids where all you hear is this eerie, Dorothy Gale! And all of a sudden, all the heads just start, Dorothy Gale! Ah, it gets, it's really scary. Mm-hmm. And then the music they've got going on with it, it's creepy. Uh, she manages to escape with the help of the little girl. The little girl is in a mirror. Yeah. And it's it's guiding her. 
So she manages to make her way up, uses the powder on the gump, and the gump comes to life, at least his head. But the rest of his body is now a couch <laughs> and uh, 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 ferns like a, for a wings. Yeah. And yeah. Straw for wings. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Mombi's trying to chase after her, uh, and they manage to escape out the window, and the gump flies and flies them straight to the mountain of the Gnome King. Because he where doesn't she think knows... he can turn. <laughs> Because he can't turn, right? I, just, I love uh, it. It's like, can you please go straight to the mountain? It's like, okay, I don't think I can turn. It's like he's, it's like Eeyore. It's kind of like Eeyore. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, now, Mombi is working for Gnome King. She is yeah. working for him. Yeah. Um. So she she works her way there. Mombi and the wheelers follow shortly after to go warn the Gnome King what's happening. Uh, they land on the mountain of the Gnome King. Um, and mind you, they're being watched. They're, the whole time, every time there's a rock, they're being watched. Belina hides inside of, uh, Jack. Uh, of Jack, yeah. which was a smart thing, because they all fall down. Um, they are attacked, and Gump, you know, the, the Gump can't fly. So they make it down, and they crash land on the mountain, but they survive. And everybody's there but Belina. Now, the, the rock monster does, or uh, the gnome king and the rocks don't know Belina's inside Jack, which is important. It's very important. <laughs> uh, so the gnome king opens up basically a chasm and sucks them all down. And he's talking to her, or, or to Dorothy. Yeah. Uh, and Dorothy, you know, says, why did you steal steal all the emeralds and he's like i took them from the king of oz he's like but he didn't even know he didn't do anything to you he was like they all knew they were mine and he took them all back and like you kind of make an interesting point when you talk about colonialism and you mm -hmm. talk about the, the robbing of riches and, and raping and plundering like that the gnome king kind of makes a point here they were mine first they were mine and y'all took them from me but i don't care what he is i've been Dorothy. Dorothy has a good point too. It's like, you have so many, like, that's the thing is like, it's a, here's like, watch it. Communism coming in, coming in strong. It's like, you have so many, it's like, you could share and still have a lot. It's like, <laughs> but, uh, he takes her down and then we are met with the throne room of the gnome King who is at first is just claymation. Yeah. This is something that I really like. This is a transition that is absolutely awesome. Yeah. So she says, I want Scarecrow back. And he says, I can't do that. I turned him into an ornament, a knickknack, a, a bric-a-brac. <laughs> and he says, but you know what? Here's what we'll do. We'll play a game. I'll let you each go into my, my ornament room one at a time. And I'll give you three guesses. All you have to do is pick up an item, say the word Oz. And if it's Scarecrow, you can have him back. But if you guess incorrectly three times, you will become an ornament. Now, here's the fun thing. This is what I really like. So they begin to go in one at a time. And as they do, Gnome King is talking to Dorothy. And as each one begins to fail and is turned into an ornament, which we don't see on screen until one final one later, he begins to become more human. Mm-hmm. He, he, his first thing we see is his eyes. His eyes are human eyes. Like, that is really cool. And he transforms periodically into what is so close to a human. Uh, and I absolutely love this man, the the, the the guy that plays the Nicole King. Nicole Williamson. 
Yes. Now, if you don't recognize, he also plays the doctor in this. He's the doctor. But if you don't recognize him, maybe you've seen Spawn. <laughs> and he's he's the uh, the tra- Spawn's trainer. Cagliostromo? Cagliostromo. Cagliostromo. I can't. Cagliostromo. That's, that's, I think yeah. it's like Cagliostromo. Anyway, uh, that was one of the last roles he ever played. Um, uh, yeah, Cogliostro. Uh, Cogliostro. 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 There we go. That's, that's how you anyway, say it. Anyway, uh, I love this guy. He plays a... Um, but he talks to Dorothy so civilly. He offers her refreshment, and yeah. he, they have a conversation, and it's it's amazing. Um, so everybody goes in piece by piece. Jack goes in. They fail. Uh, you know, it, uh, then uh, Gump goes in, and he fails. Then TikTok goes in. TikTok goes in, uh, and Dorothy and him are talking. And now at this point, he's all very much looking human. Mm-hmm. Um, they report and say TikTok stopped in the middle of the room. He's not picking. And she goes, "Oh, his movement turn must have stopped." And he says, "Okay, tell you what. Why don't you go in, wind him up, let him pick, and then you could already be in there to to pick." Okay, so she goes inside. Very, she's nervous about it too. But she goes inside, uh, and once she goes inside, the door closes behind her. Then Mommy comes. Mommy comes through a secret tunnel and gets there and tries to warn her Dorothy's coming, and he's she's like, "Ah, uh, you're a moron for letting her escape." Hold on, basically snaps his fingers, and she's stuck in a cage. Mommy's trapped in a cage because that's not going to play later on. <laughs> Not at all. Uh, but Dorothy goes into the room. She finds TikTok, uh, and she notices that he's fully wound up. And she's like, "What's going on?" And he stands very still, quietly. He's like, "I needed you in here. I'm I have a plan. Here. I have a plan. I'm going to pick one more item, and if you can see what I turn into, maybe that'll give you a clue as to what the scarecrow will be." Aha! So he picks up an item. But he disappears. He he does the Oz thing and he disappears. So Dorothy tries the first two and she fails. She can't figure it out. What's going on? And she's looking around and she notices on a table a green crystal diamond. It's green, like emerald green. And that's when she realizes emeralds, green, the people of Oz. So she has enough faith. She grabs it, goes, Oz! And sure enough... It's Scarecrow, which pisses Gnome King off to no end. And that's when they figure it out that anything that is green is a citizen of Oz. So they start looking and they find everyone except TikTok. Uh, And they manage what happens is that everything starts crashing down around them. And then Gnome King gets into his evil kind of rock, you know, monster form and claymation. Um, And he says, you know what? Screw this. I'm just going to eat you all. And he grabs Jack. Now, remember, Belina's in hiding in Jack. She gets so scared that she legs an egg that she's been trying to lay kind of throughout the film. Dorothy was looking for for, for her egg at the very beginning. Yeah, she's like, where's your egg, Belina? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And the egg falls into the gnome, and the gnome's like, was that an egg? Eggs are poison! And it kills him. So tell me that isn't the Wicked Witch of the West all over again. Tell oh, me yeah. it isn't. Oh, yeah. 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 
I don't understand eggs, how an egg, yeah. Anyway, they, they set it up, they set it up, then it's fine. Like, I, I'm, I'm fine with it because it's like, oh, the chicken, blah, blah, blah. Why a chicken? Because they wanted talking chicken in the movie. It's like, it's not the biggest, it's, it's, it's a kid's movie. So, uh, the one other thing, too, right before she went in, this is kind of important. The Gnome King, we discover, had the ruby slippers. Yes. When she went back, the ruby slippers fell from the sky, and he took them, and he's wearing them. That's and what he gave says, him all this power. Deal. Here's the deal. If you quit all of this and leave right now, I have the power to send you home. I will send you home. No problem. But she doesn't do that. But he he fails. Uh, she gets the ruby slippers, puts them on, gathers everybody together and says, I wish for you to take us back to Oz and for Oz to be restored the way it was. <laughs> Poof. She's back at Oz. Emerald City's restored. All the statues are returned back to normal. Everyone's fine. Except one. TikTok's not there. What's going on? Where's TikTok? They can't find TikTok. And then they look on Gump's antler. And there's an ornament hanging on Gump's antler. And they grab it and go, ah, is it? It's TikTok. Um, and so what they find at that point is that uh, in they're, they're brought back in front of everybody with Scarecrow. And she saved the day again. Uh, and they have Bombi caged and trapped. But in the mirror is, is this young lady. And we find out that that's Princess Ozma who was the rightful heir to the throne, but was put into the mirror by Mombi. Before, before, before the Wizard of Oz. Events. Before the Wizard of Oz himself came to Oz, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And uh, she so, is the actual mom to, to Jack, who, like, this is the thing we haven't brought up, but, like, I love the fact that, like, early on, Jack's like, are you my mom? She's like, no. And it's like, can I call you mom anyway? <laughs> She's like, I guess yeah. you can do that. And like throughout the whole movie, he call he just calls Dorothy mom, mom, mom. <laughs> and it's kind of it's it's kind of weird, but it's like funny at the same time. And then he sees yeah. he sees his real mom and like faints <laughs> in the crowd. <laughs> but um, Ozma grants you know her the ability to go home, as as one would, and she does, and uh. She, it, goes back home and again she was found in the river and we're so sorry and I hope you're okay and all of these things happen but Belina chose to stay behind Belina the chicken chose to stay in Oz uh, she goes back and she is she was told that she would always be looked on in from time to time by Ozma uh, and when she gets back she looks in the mirror and says Ozma and she was going to say something but Ozma's like Shh. You know, which we don't see that again, ever again, Labyrinth. <laughs> Labyrinth. Uh, yeah, uh, but, you know, and that kind of ends the film here. And it's 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 a very dark film in tone. All the sounds that you hear, the music that you hear, there's nothing really breaking this up except for Dorothy herself. Yeah. Dorothy is the hope of this movie that we, we, we needed in, you know, it would, well, we got the first one, but the music kind of helps to carry that. They really do. Yeah. And that friendship, this does in a very much darker environment in harrowing circumstances, you know, and she, she survives and she makes it through it. And it, it's amazing to me. And actually, this is one of the funny things I love when she gets back to awe or when she gets back to the real world, the uh, nurse has been taken by the police 
when the police find out what they've been doing. And she's in a cage. Okay, she's already getting, in a cage. So away. This, is, this is something that's interesting to me. I have always loved the debate of whether everything that has happened was in Dorothy's head or not. Now, reading all of the books, I have to say no. But if I were to look at just these two movies, if I were to look at the first one, was it just in her mind? I think there's enough evidence to support that. Yeah. Absolutely 100% enough evidence to support that this was a bump on her head. She survived a tornado. People have done it, you know, uh, and she was found and yeah. saved. Same thing here. She got a bump on her head, was probably saved by a fellow inmate uh, and was found, you know, but all of these things that she's experiencing, she experienced previously. And maybe in a delusion, she saw, you know, the, the nurse get, put into it you know the the point is i think there's enough evidence to validate the idea that all of these things are in her head even possibly ozma in the mirror that's you that's put, that's the only thing where it's like maybe maybe hey. not right like i mean schizophrenia you can see things but like but like it's just like maybe maybe not like like but if everything but ozma in the mirror i would say a hundred percent it's in her head like the movie like thinks it's in her head like this is this is a metaphor for going through uh, growing up, Mama. right? It's just metaphor for growing up in, in different ways and learning life lessons. So it's like, I can see that. But with, with the mirror, it's like, eh, it could be real. <laughs> it's really interesting to me, too, that this is a Disney film. Mm -hmm. That really fascinates me because Disney, you think bright, happy. This is also the same time that the Black Cauldron comes out. Yeah, and Black that's Cauldron one of my favorites. Is PG was rated PG, something that had never been done for an animated film. It was the first animated film to do that because it was considered darker. And the eighties really, the mid eighties, especially were a darker time for film. And especially it's interesting with these Henson films. I was going to say labyrinth is the next year. 86 yeah, labyrinth. And then, well, you've got, uh, like I said, um, uh, dark crystal. Yeah. Dark Very crystal. dark. Yeah. Uh, these three films together, though specifically this 82, is not a yeah. Henson film, Henson's people worked on it, yeah. um, it all in this darkness. Uh, and I, I said it before, and I really feel that the reason why this gets the bad rap that it does is because it deviates so much in style and form from the original 39. Yeah. We have such a stranglehold on the 39 and will not let it go as the absolute definitive edition that this really gets the bum rap. And I also argue that we got the same thing with um with um the uh uh the the James Franco movie. Oh, oh I love I love um Oz the Great and Powerful. That's Oz an, the Great that's, Powerful. that's another one we might uh, have to do sometime there later. Are problems in that, that oh, I, yeah. we could oh, talk definitely. about in another day. Film, but I thought but, it was very fun. I, I thought it was fun, and but again, I still think that we hold a candle always for 39, yeah. and these other films just aren't going to get that chance because people don't want to think that there could be something better or another way to tell the story. Well, I wonder if nowadays that's something different. Like, I wonder if, like, this could it could get another like it has a cult following as is but if it can get like another resurgence because of things like halloween like they just took halloween and halloween 2 and or halloween and just said okay no this is now halloween 2 ignore the rest of those movies those movies didn't exist and those movies didn't happen it's like it's just it's just these movies now so it's like that's kind of like we're taking our own spin on a sequel. And I think that that is more accepted nowadays than maybe back in the eighties when you're tackling the classic wizard of Oz. Right. Mm -hmm. 
This, yeah, it doesn't deserve the rotten rating no. it does. No, it no, absolutely no. does not. First time seeing it, and I was like, the, first, the only thing I could think of watching the whole thing is like, how come I didn't watch this nonstop as a kid? Like, I would have watched Wizard of Oz and this back-to-back nonstop as a kid. The, the, the main reason why it wasn't out was very simply that, that candle to 39. Mm-hmm. People were like, oh, no, no, no. I didn't discover it, I don't think, until VHS. Oh, yeah. I, and I, I'm guessing on that because I remember watching it. I remember my parents showing it to me. And I still, even as a kid, going, this is weird. <laughs> this is strange. Like, I, I again, 39 is that yeah. candle. You know, this is at 39. But watching it again as I get older and older and older and watching it more and more, I realize there's a lot of great ideas here on a lot of things that it carries over from Oz, from uh, from Wizard of Oz. That's really good. Well, and I there's mean, some really Feruza Balk, like acting as young as she was, is like she's she to me she's Judy Level Garland acting in this movie. Like she is great in this movie. She literally carries this movie the entire time, and she's amazing in it. She's yeah, she's just adorable in this, and she's got the innocence and the the gingham dress again and the pigtails and. This is the what Dorothy is supposed to be, not to knock Judy Garland because Judy Garland had the innocence. Oh, yeah. She just didn't look look young. Well, no, I I always thought like reading reading that she was supposed to be prepubescent. Dorothy is supposed to be prepubescent is weird because I always thought of her as fourteen, like thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Like that was always the age that she was in my mind. Like she was never like a young girl. She was a teenager always. Just the way which she acted in the original movie and the way she looked. Like it just it didn't it didn't fool me into thinking she was like ten. <laughs> but Feruza Bulk, she was like actually what, eleven or twelve, and she was smaller, right? So But this well the sad thing too is when you go to look for this thing on Blu-ray or DVD, you can't. It's in such limited quantities. I learned this. Um because we had to order it direct when we we originally bought it because my wife loved it. Yeah. And I remembered, oh, yeah, I like that film. We had to buy it directly from Disney. And that's wow. the only way right now on Blu-ray you can get this. Really? Yeah. Uh, you can you can down. I mean, you could download it. You can get it digitally now. But if you want a physical you copy, you can go straight through yeah. Disney. <laughs> Yeah, I shh. No, I no no one's encouraging anything. I'm just saying you can find if 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 you don't want to sell your movies, don't be scared. Don't be don't be surprised when people don't buy them. (laughs) Like sell your movies and people will buy them. (laughs) But yeah, at the end of the day, this film deserves way better than a rotten rating and it's it's not fair i love the original i i we said it we we have no qualms really with the original it's beautiful the way it is and we always will be we'll be showing it to our grandkids i mean i can't wait well, until if 2039 <laughs> if we all live that long to watch the 100th anniversary of this i really can't i'm excited for that you know who it's actually pretty close too yeah. like it's only like yeah 20 we're, years we're away. getting there yeah yeah we're about 20 years but yeah. it's within that range mm-hmm. um but yeah, that, that's on that. But, you know, um, it's it, it's been a lot. There's been a lot going on, Kyle. And uh, next week, I think I'm going to take a break. Yeah. I, I uh, But I, I personally have, uh, I, I might have to go on a little bit of a secret mission. A secret mission? Well, if, a secret mission. if we're going to have a secret mission, I'm going to need a, a new partner in here. And I think that Doman, Chris Doman, who joined us for our Star Trek episode, would be a great person to join us to talk some secret missions uh so your mission your mission 
should you choose to accept it? And no, we're not doing Mission Impossible. <laughs> Your mission, should you choose to accept it, yeah. is to watch the seminal James Bond film. Maybe not the best James Bond film, but the best film about James Bond, <laughs> Goldfinger. Ooh. Goldfinger. Not GoldenEye? Not GoldenEye. We're going to do Goldfinger. Goldfinger. So, uh, I, I, yeah, I think you'll have a, a pretty good time with Doman on that. And, and what but, could I possibly pair with that? Well, I need another spy. I need another spy. We could go with Ethan Hunt. We could go with Jason Bourne. Uh, there All have so had many their rotten we could, movies. We, yeah, we've had that. We could do, you know, Get Smart or even the TV movie from Get Smart. But you know what? I'm going to dig a little bit deeper here. I'm talking 1990s late 90s, early 2000s, a young man by the name of Frankie Muniz. That's right. We're taking a trip with Agent Cody Banks. Frankie Muniz and Hilary Duff. Oh, man. This was, this was, I think I still have my original DVD for this one. This one was on repeat a lot. I I may or may not have had a huge crush on Hilary Duff growing up. So this was just like on the repeat on the TV. So, Let's see how the decades handle spy films. Yeah, we'll see. I do have, if you want to vamp for like two seconds, I have a giveaway for our audience this week, actually. Oh, a giveaway. Ooh. See, now I didn't even know about this. I was not warned, but I'm excited about this. Giveaways are awesome. This is, uh, we really enjoy having you guys uh, take a look uh, at our, our work. Uh, and so this is our way of, uh, of giving back to you, the fans, uh, uh, courtesy of Kyle. Kyle's uh, quite an amazing and a giving guy. Uh, uh, and so I'm looking forward to hearing about it uh, uh, as I love Goldfinger, but uh, uh, I do have to take a week off, unfortunately. So just tell so, everybody right, Kyle. you're taking a week off. Okay. For everybody here, the wonderful Wizard of Oz, you guys are going to get the first person to see this in the YouTube stream is going to get the download code right there. Why are you show? Oh, so please, please enjoy the first person to enter that code. Gets Isn't it. it expired? No, it's perfectly fine. Should be good. The survey closes. Oh, that's a survey. 19. We're going to turn it around and now you can actually get the code for. <laughs> For the wonderful Wizard of Oz. <laughs> what if I want? All right. So the first person to uh, take advantage of that, you get it. Comment yeah. and please do yes. comment in the YouTube box uh, that you got it. Uh, we would be very happy. Yeah. To give a comment if you just again. watched the show and you liked it or you want us to review anything. Otherwise, we're just going to keep picking movies that we want to review unless you yeah. guys tell us what you want. Right. So you know, and, and just a heads up when I come back. Uh, I, I, I want a heads up. I always tease. like to do a heads up yeah. beyond that uh, as we go into these August months. Let's take a look. So after that, uh, you know, I, I love that we have sports back. I do. Uh, <laughs> but it's not quite the same. So I thought we should also maybe take a look at some sports movies coming up. But uh We'll, we'll let them stew on that as to what sports movies we, we could be looking at. We'll, we'll, we'll just say that maybe or maybe not the season for this sport could be over by the time we get to the, <laughs> get to these movies. Sports, we'll see. <laughs> oh, I guess two sports. Yeah. Yeah. There's, sports, but there's, yeah. there's one for sure. That is, that might be over by the time where we get to this movie, <laughs> but thank you everybody for joining us again today. Thank you, Chris, for, for talking with these two movies and in introducing me to return of Oz. Everybody, please uh, like, share, subscribe, enjoy that 
digital copy, whoever gets it. And uh, have a great day. Wear your mask. See you later.